From McKinsey's Strategy and Corporate Finance Practice, I'm Sean Brown, and welcome to Inside the Strategy Room. This year has been a challenging one for boards of directors. The pressure on boards has been increasing as they work to manage the continuing impact of the pandemic on the direction and strategies of the organizations they serve. At the same time, board members must simultaneously grapple with the implications of rapid technological shifts and the need to embrace external perspectives about the role and purpose of their company, both in their communities and in society as a whole. Today, we're pleased to bring you a discussion on the role board directors are playing in navigating this complex environment, with a specific focus on how boards are handling risk. We'll hear from Celia Huber, a senior partner in our Silicon Valley office, who leads our board services work in North America, and Olivia White, a partner in our San Francisco office, who leads our work in enterprise risk management. Olivia will kick us off with a question for Celia. So, you know, Celia, with the companies where I've spent most time, um, it always strikes me that it's one thing for the board to feel real obligation and to talk about its role and strategy. But it's actually quite another thing for the board to really be actively setting strategic direction. What do you think executive management sees as the role of the board right now? Yeah, well, in fact, um, that is a great question. Because when we talk to board members and survey them, they say their most important role is setting overall strategic direction. And they continue to see this growing in importance. Management also would like the board to be more focused on strategy and a thought partner with them on really pushing what scenarios are out there and how the board can really add value to the management team in thinking more long-term rather than short-term. And so I would say that in in my experience holds across companies of all sizes uh, and ownership structures and pretty much all industries as well of really wanting the board to be value enhancing and in pushing the management team on strategy. When you survey, though, about whether folks are living up to that aspiration, uh, there is a bit of a disconnect. So what's interesting is management, particularly C-suite executives, often say that what the board focuses on too much is ensuring control and oversight, and they're not having the dialogue on strategy. But if you ask board members, they often say that they are having uh, the dialogue on strategy. So that disconnect, I think, is an important one uh, for management, but particularly for chief risk officers and CEOs to sort of lay out, are they really pushing the agenda to be able to have that conversation? Or have they packed so much in the agenda that we're really marching through the oversight role and don't have time for the discussion and thought partnership role? So in some sense, the table is set, but there's a next step. Yes, that's exactly right. Uh, You know, many, many board members complain about getting hundreds of pages of materials before the board meeting and not really having the opportunity to discuss. And I think that's one of the important things in setting up a, a successful value enhancing board. So we interviewed um, about a thousand board members just last week, so post-COVID, and we asked them where do they spend their time. The number one answer for the board members, as I alluded to, was strategy. Um, But the second and very closely behind it, so 35% said strategy, 
32% said resilience and financial liquidity, and then 21% said risk management out of the group surveyed. And so you can see that these areas are all important. Risk management is very close, as well as financial liquidity and resilience, very close to strategy in having the board's share of mind right now post-COVID. And so that's just something to keep in mind as COVID-19 has really upped the ante on risk management and understanding the current risk environment. So as you say, it's really, it's really difficult, if not impossible, to talk about the current risk environment without also talking about COVID-19. So we think about future scenarios um, in terms of two dimensions that really matter. So the first, that's how the virus is spreading. And this includes the impact of the public health response, ranging from the potential uh, at the top to really rapid and effective control of virus spread, to partially effective but with some resurgence, to uh, real broad failure of public health interventions and real and rampant spread. And there's a second dimension to help frame uh, what might happen macroeconomically, and that's the impact of economic policy. And, you know, since the crisis started in April, we've been polling executives across the world to see what scenarios they think is most likely, uh, given this way of of framing the potential future. And we're asking them about the global economy. Since we began, executives have been voting for what we call scenario A1, most frequently, where public health response is broadly effective. and uh, the virus response is, is reasonably effective, but there is regional resurgence. Then what should a risk manager or even a board of directors take away from this in, in managing their company? Well, you know, the thing that strikes me as most important here is the fact that there's a tremendous amount of uncertainty. It could be bad and it could be worse than it's been, but we still don't know. What that means um, is that risk needs to be actively managed and people continue to need to have triggers uh, that tell them, hey, I think things are moving in a worse direction or maybe things are getting better and use that to help shape uh, the way that they're making decisions for the future. What do you see when you look at this through the lens of a board? Look, I, I see a lot of uncertainty too. And one of the things I think it's important to help share with the board is what are the drivers of those uncertainties. And so maybe if we think about one of the main drivers, it's really around vaccines. And there are a number of drivers that we would illustrate underneath whether vaccines are gonna make a difference and how soon. Uh, Everything from the vaccine profile, and I think the two important things is uh, the efficacy of the vaccine and quite frankly, how quickly uh, folks get it and get covered. Um, So efficacy and the vaccine profile are the first driver, the timeline, how soon are the vaccines approved and what is the availability and capacity to get those in the hands of people who need them. Um, The distribution requirements. So the first vaccines that were announced to go to um, trials were vaccines that required really very cold refrigeration. So freezing uh, distribution. Uh, We hope that some of the other vaccines won't require that same level of distribution specialization and maybe just regular refrigeration. And then, of course, uh, the epidemiology. So what are the segments uh, of the pandemic that are severe uh, and when does the vaccine reach those pieces? There's clearly a range of outcomes. And I think this is really important uh, as board members to start asking for what are the drivers underneath and for risk officers to really 
be able to describe those drivers because then the next step is to then talk about what are the business implications of those. Um, so what, one example might be at uh, some of my clients that do health insurance, um, if folks don't have a vaccine and aren't comfortable going to the doctor, utilization of medical procedures, doctors, et cetera, is lower, and that then affects how they're planning for the next year. However, if folks feel more comfortable being able to go into a hospital to have, say, elective procedures, we know that utilization will go up. So depending on your industry, you can take some of these drivers and start to extrapolate then what might be the financial implications and operational implications for next year. Susie, I have a question for you on level of detail. In considering the drivers of the risk and uncertainty, is the board going to want to know all of this? More detail, less detail? I think you're going to have a variety of board members uh, and personalities. Part of the, uh, I think, uh, elegance and art in managing a board is being able to move them along to making key decisions without having to linger in the detail, but having them believe that you have gone through all the detail so that they feel confident that management has truly assessed the risks that are involved. So what I would argue is you'd want to come up with a few options or scenarios for how you see the world evolving and then give them a peek under one of those of how you've evaluated the drivers uh, and then be able to go back up to the scenario version to talk through the implications for the business. I guess the other thing that I have in my mind is that in some industries, the board will rightfully want to go deeper than they will in others. So you mentioned healthcare and um you, you know, I know in the work that I've done um, and the conversations I've had with companies that are actually really concerned directly with health implications, they, I think, rightfully want to know an awful lot more about the specific drivers versus versus those that, that uh, are working in an area, you know, the tech, for example, it matters, but not in the same level of detail. Does that resonate yeah. to you? That resonates with me. And, you know, we've been spending a lot of time talking about COVID, but uh, of course, these scenarios can be on a number of different dimensions. And so maybe we want to talk a little bit about what else is coming beyond COVID. Right, exactly. I think that the pandemic has brought to the fore a number of global forces that have already been there and maybe accelerated people's responses or tweaked people's responses around those. And you, the landscape is fraught right now with with uh, emerging risks and slightly shifted profiles of old risks. And there are a couple of forces that at least in my view are really what's most shaping um, that, kind of, that kind of landscape of what might happen to us. So macroeconomics, we've sort of already discussed this in the context of the pandemic, which has driven a huge amount of macroeconomic uncertainty. And you know that's in turn really shaped financial risk profiles of institutions of all shapes and sizes. And since there's so much uncertainty, really, from my perspective, the most big picture, broad thing to keep in mind here is that financial scenarios and scenario planning to cover that range of uncertainty is really the only way to tackle the risk management associated with the issue. But, you know, what, what, what do you think? Well, one other thing that's happening in the boardroom, so I agree with that, and I'll just add that financial stimulus and kind of the packages that the government has put out has been very important to many businesses. And so both in terms of do their customers 
have money to spend? And also, can they keep their operations running and employment? And so, in those macroeconomic scenarios, what I see is a lot of board directors saying, do we take the government bailout or the loans? And what's the implication going to be long term? Is it going to be enough to get us through the dip? without changing the structure of our company, or do we need to do that too? And so there's macroeconomic forces combined with this fiscal stimulus uh, that I see as part of the conversation that's happening. Okay. Let me jump to climate, and climate feels to me to be one that has really long-term implications, but there's some conversation about it that's maybe even been pulled forward because of COVID. You know, if you look at what climate change may bring, it really presents massive structural shifts to company risk profiles, and that may well accelerate nonlinearly. So as a result, broadly speaking, companies need to, and really across industries are thinking about navigating their concerns for both immediate bottom line, but together with pressures from governments, investors, society at large, and increasingly looming potential brought forward financial threats as the markets value uh, climate risk differently. But what about from the board perspective? What are boards thinking about climate? So climate is very important um, for boards on multiple levels. So first of all, you could have a business that has a global supply chain and the impact of that business uh, affects pollution and climate change. But even if that isn't happening, many um, companies are in areas where the regulation's changing because of climate change. I, I happen to live in California. The governor announced uh, intent to get rid of the internal combustion engine as, as the primary power source for cars. And so moving to renewable energy is something that's on all boards' minds, whether they're in a business that directly impacts that or a business that simply indirectly impacts that, like, for example, travel and carbon credits. And so we see a lot of that discussion. I think what the board is really interested in, particularly for all these ESG topics, is what is the goal that management wants to put forth? So what are we going to try to accomplish? Are we reducing our pollution? Are we improving our ability to make products that are from renewable uh, energy sources? And how do I measure that as a board member? What do I hold you accountable for? And so I really think that's kind of the discussion that's been happening about climate change. It's really that nitty gritty of, okay, what, what is our plan and how do I know if we get there? So let's shift to one that most people will at first blush associate with opportunity, and that's the digital revolution, right? I mean, it's increased availability of data, connectivity, but all of that also comes with the potential for large-scale failures or security breaches by malicious actors. And also we're living in a world now where consequences, um, including reputational backlash, if you look at the role of social media and the way that the internet now functions, can cascade extremely quickly, which really does shift the whole complexion of risk profiles. So, yeah, absolutely. And for boards, they're interested in all those things, particularly the cybersecurity, because they they really view that as part of their role of making sure that they're safeguarding their different stakeholders. But, you know, even more that, than that, the conversation that we've been having lately is in a financial downturn, but a data revolution that continues to happen, how do you manage the investment? So where do you cut and where do you double down to try to actually accelerate your digital infrastructure, your ability to do things online. 
And I think that's been quite the discussion for boards because initially in this type of situation, the traditional view would be to try to cut expenses and cut investment and try to weather the storm. But what I'm seeing a lot of directors talk about is how to continue the transformation and actually try to double down on where they're trying to go to do it faster because they believe that their current business model without some of the data and digital capabilities won't be sufficient. So again, the notion of COVID is accelerant rather than break. You mentioned ESG earlier. Uh, Let's come at it from a different angle and talk about social trends. So people are expecting a lot more of their companies than they once did. And it seems to me that they want their companies to be more than just profit maximizers. You know, they want them to have purpose. Look, I think just the scrutiny on companies, corporations in general, and capitalism has increased. And as we see the amount of inequity, and maybe this ties more to the social trends, I think the amount of inequity that has arisen in how folks have dealt with this pandemic, right? The minority neighborhoods, uh, lower income, more frontline workers have borne the brunt of, uh, you know, the pandemic and the lack of sufficient health care uh, in those in those communities. And so, I think what you're seeing is not just the evolution of of wanting corporations to think more about their societal impact but also just a recognition that what capitalism does can also impact how individual groups are treated. And so a real scrutiny on that. Um, You know, we talked a little bit about healthcare, a, a real focus on in those boards on what are they doing for their community to try to reduce the inequities that they see in delivery of healthcare and in the outcomes. Well, look, to, to cap it off, let's talk a little bit about how boards are looking at and thinking about geopolitics and the uncertain geopolitical future that seems to me to provide a really important backdrop to really much of this discussion. What I'm seeing, and I, I wonder if it's the same thing you're seeing, the supply chain is a, is a good one, but I think it's even more complicated than that, not knowing what the tariffs are going to be or which consumer markets are going to be open or what are the product specifications, um, that has really changed. And we see that uh, across a number of industries, whether they've been directly impacted or expect that they'll be impacted in the future. So this notion of geopolitics is very important, whether you're a mining company or, you know, packaged goods company and thinking about, you know, how you want to change what you're doing. And so I see a lot of board members saying, maybe we don't need the cheapest supply chain. Maybe we need the most strategic supply chain. And what's the definition of that? That is confusing. And I think it's up to management teams uh, to really lay out what the dimensions of that, what what would be more strategic and what are the contingency plans for that? You know, it's interesting, a thread to pick up on that, something that I've seen very much at institutions that I work with is that all of a sudden this notion of risk is becoming broader. So it's not just like, what are the bad things that might happen to me, but how do I consider future uncertainty and what do I do to make sure I'll be resilient in that future uncertainty without just looking at my financial profits and maybe whether I'm a healthy organization. It feels, it feels broader. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, that might be a, a good transition to 
uh, our next point about risk priority shaping strategy and really where those opportunities are. And so one, one of the things that I think it's worthwhile talking through is how those risk priorities cover a spectrum of, of opportunities. And so the board has been really hyper aware of resilience uh, and which risks are driving that. So, for example, you know, I talk to board directors all the time that say that their companies and particularly their management teams have been very resilient and risen to the occasion during COVID-19, maybe even more than they would have suspected. Uh, so that's great news. Um, but there are exceptions. And so we have seen companies that have ended up in bankruptcy or thinking about the new big risk or how to deal with reputational issues during this time. And so I think that's really important to, to think through, what do I need to do to be resilient in the future? Okay, so this notion of resilience, much discussed, sounds great, but what do you mean by it? Look, that's a very good question. Um, and I think resilience is a little bit in the eye of the beholder, but I think we would talk about it and try to structure it in five areas. Financial resilience, which is solid capital position, liquidity, earnings, very clear. So operational resilience. We were just having the discussion about supply chains, but also distribution, uh, internal operations can all be part of that. Uh, organizational resilience, you know, we often talk about succession planning. During this pandemic, it's taken on a new role about what, when does the workforce come back? Am I going to lose some talent because they don't want to come back, uh, because they've moved and they want to continue to work remotely? Uh, and what kind of risk culture do I have uh, across that organization when they do get back, either in the office or continue working remotely? Reputational resilience, and we've seen that across the board. I was talking earlier about the inequities in healthcare. Uh, that's one example of thinking through what are the reputation risk metrics. And then lastly, I just bring up the business model. So do we have an adaptable business model? And so I think all of those things are really important. Structuring this discussion for the board that it's not just the left-hand column of financial resilience, but we need to think about all these dimensions is a really important role for the chief risk officer. What types of risk topics does the board discuss most? You know, I think this is an interesting question, Olivia, because I think it's, um, you know, easy to say I've got a set of risk issues that um, either interest rate risk or cybersecurity that I'm tracking and I just give an update to the board every single time. I, I think when we were talking about the art of working with the board, some of it is thinking through what's on their mind for the risks that are coming up. And so I often uh, get bored saying, well, I, I saw an article that this is happening or that's happening and what are we doing? A, a great example uh, that happened just recently was the conversation about social media and marketing and on which platforms are we doing that? And, you know, there's been so much discussion about the different platforms and their uh, and how they're running those platforms with relation to their guidelines and security. And, um, you know, a risk manager has to be flexible in thinking through what is the top of mind issues that are popping up. And even if you weren't prepared for your board agenda to go that direction, uh, you know, be prepared to be able to answer that. I think that's incredibly fair, you know, and that, that executive management and boards 
really these days don't accept, can't accept, given their job, recipe-based um, approaches to risk management. You know, it can no longer be, I'm going to give you a matrix of the most important risks by impact and by likelihood. It needs to be a much more dynamic thing than that. And in fact, to close this off, we'd like to talk just a little bit about what implications of this whole conversation are for risk managers themselves. You know, I really see enterprise risk management of the future as resting on three distinct capabilities. First, there's just setting the risk appetite. It's sort of a delimitation of how much risk you're going to take. And in today's world, um, when companies do this, if they do it, uh, not everybody does it explicitly, people have typically defined the capacity for risk in financial terms. And there's a question of, okay, given that risk, how much money do I have to hold aside? You know, well, how much capital do I have? How liquid do I need to be, et cetera. And in the future state, with the context of everything we've been talking about, a really much more dynamic approach to delimiting risk appetite is gonna be necessary. And it's gonna to need to be an approach that's not just about financial risk, but really about all different kinds of risks. And that really enables people to make decisions, not on sort of an annual basis about how much risk they wanna take, but on a real-time basis to make sure that they're asking about the right questions. And for me, that really leads into the second, uh, the second real capability, which is detecting risks themselves and also detecting control weaknesses. So where do you think you have controls against risks that you realize might not actually be as good as you thought they were? And then finally, deciding what do you actually do about things? Right? And in a world in which uh, things are coming at you fast and they may be big um, and they may have both upside and downside, a slow and rigid decision-making approach really no longer cuts it. So sure, sometimes something that really goes according to some form of strict governance that's rooted in policies, that root, that's rooted in procedures, works and is appropriate, right? I mean, it provides the sort of discipline uh, you need and allows you to understand why you made the decisions that you made. But when something comes fast, and the pandemic is a great example of this, you really do need to have the capability to make risk decisions rapidly and assertively when something new is detected and enabled. So those would be, those are three things that for me um, in the work that I do in enterprise risk management are totally critical, but Celia, I wonder your take. Well, look, I, I was just reflecting as you were talking about this, Olivia, like I started out by saying there's a ton more pressure on boards uh, to just be more engaged, more involved and thinking about lots of different stakeholders. I think that is true for risk managers as well. I mean, and I'd add creativity as well to see around the corners. And so uh, I just think that the pressure's on <laughs> uh, in terms of what uh, risk managers need to do to steer their companies through these uncharted waters. Thanks to Celia and Olivia for sharing these insights with us today. We hope you enjoyed their discussion. A transcript of this conversation will also be made available on the Inside the Strategy Room collection page on McKinsey.com, where you may also easily explore, filter, and search our library of previous episodes. To access McKinsey's latest thinking on the implications of COVID-19 for your business, please visit McKinsey.com coronavirus. If you'd like to share feedback or an idea for a future podcast episode, please email us at insidethestrategyroom at mckinsey.com. 
If you'd like to receive email alerts on our latest insights, you can sign up on our strategy and corporate finance practice page on McKinsey.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter at MCK Strategy and connect with us on LinkedIn by entering McKinsey Strategy and Corporate Finance in the search bar to visit our practice showcase page. Thanks again for listening. We look forward to having you join us again soon inside the Strategy Room.